My stepfather taught me three important survival skills. How to use a baitcaster reel, how to fillet a bass, and how to adjust for the kick of a forty-four magnum. I had gotten up at 6 a.m. and exercised the first. By nine, I stood under the shade of a loblolly pine, busy with the second. I never quite mastered the third. That's why I carry a thirty-eight. I wore khaki shorts, no shirt, a pair of topsiders, and a ball cap that said Guinness, typical North Florida fishing attire. I scraped the scales off my third and final fish, looked up and saw a little red car turning from Lake Barkley Road onto my gravel driveway. It was one of those cars I call a Bic. Like the lighters, they're cheap and disposable. You buy one fresh off the lot, and by the time it needs new tires, it's ready for the junkyard. An internal timing device ensures that all working parts take a dive at the precise moment the warranty expires. It struggled up the hill and parked beside my GMC Jimmy. The driver's side door opened and a young woman got out, wearing what at first appeared to be a hearing aid. It was one of those cell phone gizmos you hang on your ear so everyone thinks you're Looney Tunes, walking around, talking to yourself. In the future, they'll implant a computer chip directly into your brain and you'll be perpetually connected via satellite to people you don't want to talk to anyway. I was hoping I'd die before anything like that ever happened when the woman said, I'm looking for Nicholas Colt, the private eye. Is that you? She surveyed my home sweet home, a 1964 Airstream Safari travel trailer, my ten-year-old SUV, my blood-stained picnic table littered with catch-of-the-day carcasses. She had an expensive-looking hairstyle, clipped shoulder-length, dark brown with bourbon highlights, and a what-is-that-smell expression. She wore a navy blue skirt and jacket, silky white blouse, some sort of shoes that didn't tread well on my sandy yard. White leather purse. I doubted she was old enough to drink. If you're selling something, I'm broke, so don't bother. If you're from the loan company, I'm really broke, so really, don't bother. I was six weeks behind on my car payment, I expected to wake up any day now and find my Jimmy not there. A tow truck hadn't followed her in, so I figured I was safe for the moment. She stepped forward and extended her hand, briefly breaking eye contact to glance at the scar on my belly. Her perfume was light and spicy, very nice. I put the fillet knife down and opened my palms to show the fish grime. She frowned and laced her fingers together against the front of her skirt, quickly giving up on the idea of a handshake. Tiny beads of sweat studded her forehead. My name is Latha Ryan. I need help finding someone, Mr. Colt. Is that something you might be interested in? She raked her hair back with her fingers and chewed on her upper lip as if she were hoping I'd say no. My clients usually call first, I said. Kind of caught me at a bad time. I apologize. 
I did try to call, but... The sandy-haired dog we call Bud crept up from behind and pushed his muzzle under her skirt. Bud has some great Dane in him. He looks like a Labrador on steroids. Latha screamed. Don't worry, I said. He doesn't bite. Dylan Crawford, my friend Joe's son, likes to think Bud is his dog, but Bud belongs to nobody. I like that about him. He showed up at the lake one day a couple of years ago, mangy and half-starved. Joe took him to the vet and got him straightened out, and he's been with us ever since. Sometimes he sleeps at my place, sometimes on Joe's porch.'